This podcast is proudly supported by Red Energy, most satisfied customers 11 years in a row. Isn't it time you called Red Energy on 131 806? And Prince Wine Store, bringing wine enthusiasts the greatest wine in the world. Welcome to our second instalment of Quarantine with Caro. Of course, Caroline Wilson stuck in hotel quarantine for 14 days or so. I'm producer Jane Neild. And thanks to everyone for their great feedback about hearing from our first little Quarantine with Caro episode about the process of getting off a plane and heading into hotel quarantine. Caroline Wilson, it's a very interesting process and uh, love the fact that you explained to us the whole thing. And I feel a little less anxious if I were to have to do it in the next year or so because it does sound like authorities have it well and truly under wraps. How's the jet lag going? Yeah, not great, Jane. Um, <laughs> day three or four we're at now, and um, I've been—I don't sort of get really bad jet lag. I haven't for years, but um, I'm realising that it's a, it's a different prospect when you're in a room or two with. Um, I do have fresh air. I'm very very lucky, but it's not like I can go for a nice long walk and. Um, I would. I'm speaking to you now um, in the afternoon, and I reckon I've been awake since midnight. So oh. if I start to go, if I start to go a bit crazy, you'll know why. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, we might throw it open to potties. Uh, look, hopefully it's going to be over by the time we catch up next. But if you do have any suggestions for Caro about how to beat quarantine, I mean, people talk about you know taking tablets and resetting your body rhythms and all that sort of thing. But uh, feedback at don't shoot pod com.au if you have a magical cure other than just watching Netflix for 18 hours until you're so exhausted that you can't possibly not fall asleep. Now, Caro, you wrote your first column for The Age, you told us um, when we first caught up. So how was that from quarantine? Did you have to hit the phones as much as usual or was there a whole lot of pent-up ideas from your month away? No, 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 no. There was a lot of phone calls. Um, There's been a lot of phone calls since I got here. Clearly, I'm a sitting duck. So, um, and people are very kindly taking my calls, probably because they're quite relieved they haven't heard from me for a while. And um, I've been riveted by the behind-the-scenes machinations at Collingwood. So I've written about um, what I now see as a certain challenge by Jeff Brown that I think will happen in the next few weeks to take over the Collingwood board. Uh, I reckon he's a strong favourite to win that challenge, whether it's an extraordinary general meeting or whether the current board you know, all of whom served under Eddie Maguire, except um, the new uh, board member, Neil Wilson, from the VRC. Um, whether they step aside or whether and, or whether there's a fight, I do not know. But the AFL landscape is really going to change, I reckon, if Jeff Brown comes back onto the scene, which I'm sure he will. Uh, does that have precedence? When was the last time we saw a board takeover? Well, there, oh, there have been plenty of board takeovers, plenty of extraordinary general meetings. Um, the most successful quiet coup that just saw a spill of all positions and everybody agreed to go was at the end of um, the 90s when Frank Costa, the late, great Frank Costa, mm. who only died a short time ago, took over at Geelong. And um, that has proven to be the most amazing era, you know, for the Geelong Football Club. So sometimes it's a great thing for footy club boards. Um, It happened at the Melbourne Football Club. um, There was pretty much all of the 
board went out um, when Glenn Bartlett came in. Um, that was a year or two before Paul Roos became coach and Peter Jackson was CEO. So that was only in the last, what, 10, 12 years or maybe even less, or less, in fact, probably eight years. So um, there are board takeovers, but they can be pleasant and they can be unpleasant. And the big question now is whether this one's going to be easy or difficult. Very interesting. Now, because you are a sitting duck and I get this moment to talk to you about sort of journalistic things as well, I was actually going to ask you how you go about making friends as a journalist with a new president. I mean, obviously, Eddie Maguire and yourself have a very long-running relationship, albeit slightly fraught over the years. Um, But, you know, have you got an existing relationship with the new Collingwood president, Mark Corder? Or are you sitting in quarantine, sending a few text messages and saying, hi, Mark, look, I'm sure you have had dealings with him in the past. How how do you sort of establish that new connection with a new president? Well, I'm probably not sure how strong the relationship's going to be after the last couple of columns I've written about the Collingwood <laughs> board. But, but um, and I have met Mark. I think I think we had a we last had a meaningful conversation at their first ever AFLW game against Carlton. That wonderful game when remember all the, the so many people turned up they had to lock the fans That's out of right. um, Princess Park. Yeah. Um, he seems like a, a you know he's clearly a very reputable businessman. I've done a wonderful job with Cordamenta. Um, To be absolutely brutal, I'm not sure how long he is going to be president, and I think replacing Eddie Maguire would be one of the tougher jobs, Um, akin, as I wrote in my column that will appear in Saturday's Age, to replacing Kevin Sheedy as coach of Essendon. I mean, it's just such a difficult job, and I think sometimes the transition... It's like the transition relationship. They never really last that long. They sort of pave the way for the next one. Really interesting. You heard it here first, uh, Carrie, with some predictions about Collingwood. Now, Carrie, we've promised everyone you're going to go through some of the books that you read while you were in the Netherlands and, of course, becoming a grandma. So have you got a book to recommend for us today? Look, I've, I've got a wonderful recommendation. I actually started reading this, believe it or not, when Rose was in labour. She was... Um, probably wasn't even really noticing what was going on and obviously it was a bit hard to concentrate and I didn't get much read. However, it's um, one that was recognised... I think it was recommended a couple of years ago by Anna from the Op Shop, Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, Have you read that? It's a wonderful book. It's meant to be loosely... Well, it's loosely based on Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks, but it's a story of a mythical band... Um, in LA that um, was had a massive, massive hit record and then controversially and mysteriously broke up and no one really knew why. It is, it's told um, in the format of a series of interviews with band members, roadies, family members, and you don't know until right at the end who the interviewer is and that's a bit of a twist. Mm. But it's think rock and roll, think... Um, sort of, you know, that whole LA music scene in the late in the mid mid to late seventies. It is just a fabulous book. It is um Oh, I, I just couldn't put it down. I really, really enjoyed it. It's by an author called Taylor Jenkins Reid. She's written a lot of wonderful books. I think it's been it's been out for a couple of years, but it's been um, picked up by Reese Witherspoon and her production company. And I think they've already started. Um, They've already started um, casting for the. Wow. Um, I think it's going to be a mini series or a movie, 
and the author admits that she's a Stevie Nicks fanatic. And you'd have to say that some of it is, you know, the sex, drugs and rock and roll is basically loosed on her, basically loosely <laughs> based, I should say. You can tell I'm jet-lagged on Stevie Nicks. But, oh, Jane, you would absolutely love it. It's a great book. Oh, it seems great like um, female musicians in girl bands. I'm, I'm madly um, Googling here because Tina Fey's latest uh, series, I think, which is going to be on Stan – is all based around like a Spice Girls kind of, you know, the the huge hit band and suddenly now they're back after a few years. It looks like, yeah, girl bands and, and chick rockers are the kind of having a bit of a moment. So I'll have to check that one out. Daisy Jones and the Six by Tyler Jenkins Reid. Thanks, Caro. Uh, and there's a, there's a bit of, um, well, chick lit too in my film recommendation. Do you want to hear about that? Go for it. Well, it's a film that I'd never heard of, but it um, has entertained me in quarantine already. It's a, I don't know if it's even been released here. Um, well, it was released in America in 20, the, the December 2020. Um, it's a Meryl Streep vehicle called Let Them All Talk. Meryl Streep plays an ageing author, very successful author, who's written several books, one of which was a massive, massive hit and won a lot of prizes. And she's asked to go to London to accept a major award. And she can't fly. You think it's because he's a bit of a, you know, prima donna. And she's... Um, yeah, she um, decides to go on a boat on the Queen Mary and she insists on taking her two old college friends, played by Diane Weist and Candace Bergen. Oh, classic lineup. <laughs> it's extraordinary. It's, it, well, it's not extraordinary, it's not brilliant, but it's very interesting. Again, it's got a twist. There's a young male who's fabulous. Well, he's been in a lot of films lately, Lucas Hedges. Um, He's a, a really, really good actor who um, I've seen in a few films now. And I can tell you that um, it's just a, a very – it's not feel good. It's um, a girl, ageing gal buddy film about how lives can be pushed in certain and very weird directions. For us ageing gals, I think that sounds like a perfect Saturday night in. <laughs> yep, yeah, no, it's, um, it's really interesting. Lucas Hedges has been in um, a lot of good films, but you might remember him in um, Manchester by the Sea and also Boy Erased. So um, he's the next big thing, I reckon. He was also in Lady Bird with that, um, I could never pronounce her name, Sasha Ronan. Mm -hmm. who was in Little Women. Anyway, so they're my two tips for today, Jane. Ah, uh, wonderful. So let them all talk and Daisy Jones and The Six. And I have to say the Tina Fave series is Girls 5 Ever, which I think is on Stan. I'll have to subscribe. Brilliant. Can I give you a quick little tip as well for some Netflix viewing? Yep, go on. The Serpent, the story of conman and murderer Charles Sobrage. I must thank Sam Thompson, my boss here at SEN, for putting me onto this one, uh, which I don't know if you remember this story. I read the book like years ago, probably in the early 90s, um, but posing as a gem dealer, Sobrage and his girlfriend basically trap couples and go on a bit of a murder spree. But if you are into your 70s fashion and, you know, maybe backpacked across Asia, when you were younger, this is 
blood curdling and a really good tale of what not to do to get sucked into a con as well. So, Cara, I reckon you would enjoy this one. Jane, I need all the tips I can get. <laughs> um, another tip from me from quarantine, drink lots of water and do try to stick to that routine. And if you can, put some lipstick on every morning. It makes you feel human. Oh, so adding to your tip yesterday, take extra time to do everything. And the fact that you found velour tracksuit pants, well, leisure pants. So I've been imagining you since we spoke, uh, Caro, saying, you know, you just doing everything like you're doing Tai Chi, like making a cup of tea takes 15 minutes. So hopefully these little tips are working. So drink lots of water and put the lippy on. Love it. And thank heavens for AFL football. It all starts very, very soon, and that'll keep me going for the weekend. Wonderful. Thank you, Jane. Thanks, Caro. I'm going to be in my garden at my new house all weekend. Sucks to be you stuck in a hotel room, but I might send you a few pictures. (laughs) I really appreciate that, Jane. You've made me feel terrific. I'm I'm taking cuttings for you. I've got a whole stack of Japanese windflowers coming your way as soon as you're out of quarantine. So I'm thinking of you while I'm gardening. Bye-bye. 